0: Love, talk radio. Welcome to Focus on Albany. My guest today is Michael Burgess, and Michael is here to talk about the coronavirus and the elderly. So Mike, we, we chatted last week. Uh, from last week to this week. Do you see any substantial changes?
1: Well, the numbers are going way up in the New York City area and Westchester and Long Island particularly, so that's what we're hearing from the state. And unfortunately, of course, in Italy and other places, the uh, story is pretty grim, especially for the elderly. Um, The the, the New York State uh, put out some numbers on Monday morning showing that uh, of 114 people who died in the state at that point, 98 of them were over the
0: age of 60. Oh wow! So self isolation, you would say, is very important right about now, right?
1: Oh yeah, that's what we're being told, and everybody's doing, trying to do that, you know, and uh, especially older people. I think are are being urged to stay home, and most of them that I know are certainly staying home.
0: Mhm. So do you think, basically, for an older person? It, it it would strike somebody with a pre existing condition or it's non discriminatory?
1: Oh, well, I don't know. I mean, how that works, but I, I would say that anybody who does have a pre existing condition, you know, whether they have COPD or if they've had cancer or any kind of illness that compromised their immune system, that you know, they would be in um, in some danger if they got this. And uh, as we're hearing, you know, the governor is talking, Governor Cuomo, about uh, many people needing to be on respirators, um, older people. So it's a very serious threat to people who are uh, not healthy.
0: If the numbers are going up, and they say the numbers are going to go up substantially quickly. Um, there's Albany Med and there's uh, St. Peter's around here. Do you think that they will be filled to capacity in in a short period of time?
1: Um, I'm not sure, but they're certainly preparing that way, you know. Um, And and the other thing is, yes, uh, the answer would be yes, because the governor, again, has has asked all of the hospitals to increase their capacity because he's expecting, I assume, that there might be some people who are in New York City hospitals now for other reasons who might be transferred to other places, from what I'm gathering, um, that the beds would be needed, you know, for um, some people who might need further rehab or further uh, treatment for whatever other illnesses they have
0: so you you work with the elderly and tell all our listeners who are in that category what to do, what not to do, and what to expect.
1: Well, I think the you know the older population obviously has to stay in as much as possible and to have, you know, other people get them their groceries if, if they can, if they have family members who can do that. Uh, but there are a lot of community agencies who are stepping up to the plate. I'm involved with community caregivers, which is not able to deliver groceries to people, but we can help arrange it from one of the grocery stores or something like that. Um, or, you know, there are other things that can, that can be done as far as, Um, You know, the Office for the Aging is is helping as much as it can. I mean, a lot of people are are, um, food pantries we know uh, here in the city of Albany that are stepping up to the plate and preparing bags of food up at St. Vincent's on Madison Avenue. They're preparing bags of food Mm -hmm. that will be available for people. So that, and then, you know, getting your medicine, that's another thing that uh, community caregivers is helping to do if people need to get their medicine or pharmacies Sometimes can help with that as well, um, but, as I say, the key thing is is staying inside and or you know other than taking walks but not having a lot of contact with people
0: right um, so what what services are available to older people and but the most important thing is because there's so many places shut down whatever services are available how can people contact them
1: well you know the meal sites uh the congregate meals f- through the office for the aging and then through community groups um are are obviously not taking place but they are preparing preparing home delivered meals to be given to people so uh, everything's been transitioned over to home-delivered meals, and they can contact either the county office for the aging, the Department for the Aging in Albany County, or they should contact some of the providers, Colony Senior Service, I believe, and then um, LifePath in Albany. Those have been some that have provided ser- uh, meals in, in the area. Cohoes, uh, I know, Senior Center there, uh, which is run by LifePath. Um, so there's a lot of uh, programs like that, but... Um, you know other types of services unfortunately at this point have been shut down as far as any kind of personal contact like adult daycare for example that type of program or transportation right. to uh doctor's appointments has has uh volunteers aren't able to do that at this point you know so mm-hmm. so i think and, so and if you do have a problem you call one of these agencies and, and you know they can try to help you get it resolved
0: and the- and all of these agencies have people uh, answering the phone because I think that could be a major problem. What do you think?
1: Well, that is a problem. I mean, I know that in community caregivers, we none of us are in the office. However, um, the, the main phone number uh, is being sent forwarded to to people to our staff members who get those calls. So while nobody's in the office, the number is forwarded or a message can be left. So uh, everybody's trying to work as best they can from home and then have as much of their office, you know, transferred to their home, whether it's the, the Internet or whether or not it's the, uh, the phone calls, as I said. So yeah. people sometimes might have to be a little persistent about um, leaving a message or getting, getting um, through to people.
0: Now, shopping centers has has virtually closed down, haven't they, like uh, cross-skates and colony centers. They've just about closed, haven't they?
1: Um, I think I heard that they were asked to close, yes. So, I mean, I think they pretty much are. I mean, the stores, Macy's and Boscov's have both, I know, closed. But I think I think all of it is really closed. I don't think they want to have any high-level traffic in any of those places.
0: Hmm. So uh, the Capital District has quite a large number of people in it. Uh, it, What would you say the population of the Tri-City area is?
1: Well, I think if you take uh, Schenectady, Albany, Troy, plus all the suburbs in between, it's a pretty substantial number of people. I think I've heard it's around five is it somewhere in the 3 to 4 500,000 people range in those in those areas I mean the th- the three big the three largest cities I know have somewhere around 200 and over 200,000 people just in there and then you've got colony which has over Seventy or 80,000 people. So there's 300,000 people just there, and that's not counting Gilderland and Bethlehem, East Greenbush. So there, I would say there's definitely, you know, close to 400,000 people or more in, in the immediate capital district around Albany. And then as you go out further, there's, you know, this whole area has about 800,000 if you take in the surrounding counties. So from your estimation, how many
0: what what's the percentage of senior citizens? Would you say?
1: Well, it's a pretty high number. I mean, it depends on the counties. In some of the smaller counties around the capital district, uh, the percentage is pretty high. I think Montgomery County out in Amsterdam has one of the highest percentages of older people. But I think that you know, in the in Albany County, you know, we're looking at uh, and, and statewide, we're looking at a good fifteen percent of the people are over the age of of 60, and in some places it's more than that. In some of our towns it's more than that. I think in the town of Bethlehem here in Delmar and some of the other towns it's it's close to 20%. Albany tends to be a little lower because it does have uh, a a large population of younger people and younger, um, you know, folks and immigrants and young with families, you know, so you have a larger number of younger people there.
0: And do you think that a majority of people in the capital district are adhering to the request for isolation? Do you think that, that and that, do you think that's effective in kind of uh, leveling off the fact that there might be an increase in the number of cases?
1: Well, I think people are trying to, to, uh, stay at home but you know obviously they still go to the grocery store and to the pharmacy yes. and uh I know that uh, from talk, from I I went to the grocery store but but it was on Monday afternoon and there weren't that many people there but they did tell me that on the weekend of uh, Saturday and Sunday there were a lot of people there I mean I don't I don't mean it was I don't know what they meant, but I mean it. It was not. um, It it was very active, but hopefully people were keeping Mm -hmm. a distance from each
0: other. Mm -hmm, mm Mhm. So you know, from I'm I'm sure you watch the TV and you're reading the newspaper. From your perspective, give us an overview of the coronavirus and senior citizens.
1: Well like we said before you know it's uh because there's no vaccine yet for this it's it's very dangerous and you know if people who have apparently from what i've heard it's particularly a problem for people who have lung issues because of the fact that people get a shortness of breath and this disease uh they were showing on television you know that the the tentacles of this uh organism tend to Clamp onto your lungs, you know, and make it uh, very difficult to breathe. So that's why so many ventilators are needed. So it is, it's a big problem. I mean, um, and younger, some younger people are also um, endangered in that way. But um, I think that that people who are generally healthy, um, who are younger, I mean, they're they're seeming to come through this pretty much okay. But. Um, I think the question is, you know, is this is the danger um, just with age, or is it with age plus having, you know, poor health or some kind mm-hmm. of compromised immune system? If that's the issue.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, the the shocking part about this whole crisis is people go about their daily lives lives and take what they do for granted. They'll They'll go, go to the store, or they'll go to the movies, or they'll go to work. And all of a sudden, all that has changed from one day to the next. It, it's truly, it, it, there's no words to describe it. Uh, it, it it's shocking. And, you know, uh, there's one thing in coping with all this stuff or trying to cope. But then there's the mental and emotional aspect of that. And I'm sure for older people, it might be worse. So what would you say to an older person who's listening to this, who feels kind of like, oh, my God, this is awful, kind of like helpless or hopeless? What would you say to them?
1: Well, I would say to them to be in touch with uh, their family members, or if they don't have a lot of family, to be in touch with friends or community organizations or churches or whatever. It's important to not be isolated and left to your own (laughs) fears all day and anxieties. I think it's definitely important to, uh, to keep in touch with various people. And I know people who live alone who have said it's very helpful that they've been having some, like community caregivers is actually starting some group call-ins, chats, like we're going to have people calling into a certain number and they can talk about, we're going to have speakers, we're going to have people talking about gardening, for example, will be one of the things we talk about. So that's to kind of like get people to be, hopefully they'll get to know each other on the phone if they don't already know each other and little groups form. This has been done before for seniors who are isolated. I know down, I've talked with groups down in New York City where the, the libraries have these uh, chats on the phone for isolated older people who can't get to the library, and they might have a book talk, you know, and read a book together or something. So there are things, and you know, that we can do, and um, that's what I say is most important for people. I, I think that uh, sometimes our fears and worries can overwhelm us and, and uh, make it worse than, than if we'd had the disease to
0: begin with, Right. So if somebody wants to do a call in or, or listen to somebody reading a book or or any other activity over the phone, how can they do so? That sounds interesting.
1: Well, in this case, as I said, community caregivers, so if you call us, you know, you could be added to our list even though mostly we're we're doing it with the you know, the names of the people we already have, but I think people would be eligible but but any group of people can start this you know getting a a group of friends from a from a church or a temple or uh a garden club any any organization can try to have um uh phone calls and there's there's all kinds of places to try and arrange these um if somebody wants to be the leader you know there's a place called um uh I think free conference calls you have to have someone who right. has a you know the internet to kind of arrange that, but but uh, or an eight hundred number. But uh, it should be easy enough that once it's set up to people just call into a number and can be entered in.
0: From what you're hearing on the news, um, I think over the past day they, there was talk like the Trump administration is not displeased with the fact that maybe older people might succumb to this. Um, if I'm correct in my assumption, what do you think about that?
1: Well, I haven't heard that exactly that way, though I did hear the lieutenant governor of Texas say that, yes, some older people might be willing, I think he said himself even, to, to uh, sacrifice themselves for the good of the economy for younger people. I mean what a what a terrible thing to be saying. I mean it's bad enough that in Italy they don't have enough ventilators and they're having to tell people who are over 65 in Spain I think I read yesterday that that you know they will if they don't have enough ventilators they have to give them to younger people who have more longevity to come. Uh but I think it's yeah. really unacceptable for uh... you know when a politician says that like this lieutenant governor dan patrick of texas saying older people should sacrifice i i would love to meet the man and i'd say to him now do you have any relatives who are eighty or eighty five years old would you like to volunteer one of those persons to sacrifice themselves I mean, it takes right. a person. It's like nobody would want to do that to to anybody in their family, and to make that kind of a statement is is absolutely ridiculous. Because it may sound good in theory, but you have to look at the individual. And who would who would say someone should uh, volunteer to do that?
0: Mm-hmm. So overall, how do you think the government is handling this crisis?
1: The government, the federal or the state, or who do you mean?
0: Um, so, so. Well,
1: I think, I, I feel the federal government hasn't done enough in terms of taking charge of it You know, they're leaving it, a lot of it to the states And fortunately, I think, even though I don't always uh, agree with Governor Cuomo on other things I think he's done a, a great job with this He's he's definitely hands-on and he's definitely uh, the type of person who puts into operation um, uh, ways to go about addressing an issue. And that's when one of his great strengths, I think. And we're seeing that, you know, on display right now. Uh, so I think that uh, you know, he's he realizes it's controversial to have closed all the businesses down uh, that are non-essential. But uh, uh, if he's right that this is going to be a ferocious, uh, you know, uh, apex to this disease coming in the next few weeks and that a lot of people are going to Get very sick and be in the hospital, or pass away. Um, we're going to all realize that uh, he did everything he could to um, stop it.
0: When will this come? When will this crisis come to a head? When will we see like the uh, what's the word I'm looking for where it reaches its maximum?
1: Well, he said today the governor uh, would be in about two weeks, somewhere in two two weeks that we're going to see, you know, kind of the situation that's happened elsewhere where where the number of people getting this disease rises and the number of hospitalized rises and the number of people who are on um, um, ventilators rises and the number of people who die rises. So he's thinking in the next few weeks. But I do want to say, and I think a lot of people don't understand this from what I'm reading uh, the only way this is all going to go away for sure or mostly away is when there's a vaccine for this, and it's not going to come right away. And there's talk that even though, you know, all of the the isolation that's being done, which keeps people away from those who, who have the disease, um, and then that means that, you know, you haven't been in touch with anybody for a period of time, so hopefully you won't get it. Still, the fact is that until there's a vaccine, this could still be out there and there could be maybe not as dramatic a spike as we're seeing now, but there could be flare-ups of this. Uh, We don't know if it will go away in the summertime and then come back later, you know, in in the fall like the flu does. They don't know, but it's not going to necessarily be over until there's a
0: vaccine. So do you think a lot of events i mean albany there's so much stuff in the summertime there's music there's alive at five there's um the tulip fest you think all of that will be postponed this year
1: well they already postponed the tulip festival i think yesterday right um you know, it's it's really um, kind of uh, discouraging in a way to think that even if we get over the worst of this in the next few weeks, if people still feel there's a possibility that they could get it, even though it's not as prevalent, um, are they going to go out to a large event? You know, will they go to the Saratoga Racetrack in the summer where there's thousands of people? Will people feel comfortable with that? And I, I don't know that they will unless it's been said, okay, it's down to a very minimal number. Now, in China, they're saying, oh, you know, they're, it's pretty well passed, but I don't know if it's uh, if there's going to be a period, as I said, until there's a vaccine where there's pretty much of a guarantee that, you know, you're pretty safe going out. Um, that doesn't mean that people have to stay in for the next year, but it does mean that you have to be careful, you have to, you know, make sure to wash your hands, make sure to take um, what is it? The antiseptic, the uh, I forget sanitizer. You got to take that with you. Right. You know, you have to be very careful mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and not be around anybody who is who's got any kind of sickness. You know, that could weaken you.
0: Right. Um, do you think people are adjusting psychologically, especially older people? Do you think they're adjusting psychologically? to
1: the new normal. Well, I hate to generalize. I find older people to be uh, uh very different in some ways. Some of them are are of the uh, depression era who are, you know, they've been they feel like they can tell you they've lived through a lot and they've uh you know, know how to sacrifice, but it's difficult when you're older than when you're younger obviously. But but I think that some are are resilient. I think I think it's difficult for people who have illnesses and who don't have a lot of energy and health. And I'm sure it's very discouraging, especially if they're alone. So I think that's true. But um, I find a lot of people, older people are very resilient and and in a strange kind of way. And I got to be careful how I say this because I don't want to come out the wrong way. I think that you know, when you get older and you get closer to the end of your life, you realize that your days are numbered, and that at some point, you know, some illness is going to come after you. And you know, I think that we all, in our minds, begin to think about that as we get older. And I'm not elderly, but I'm I am in my mid sixties, so I, you know, mm-hmm. something you think about as you get older.
0: Thirteen years ago, I had I had cancer. And I went through um, six rounds of chemo. And you're faced with your mortality at that point. And, you know, when you go through chemo, you think, I hope this works. I hope I survive. And it's kind of like the same mindset with me now is, I hope I survive. I hope I could, you know, dodge the bullet with this. And I think there's people who have undergone life-changing events that might think the same way I do now? What do you think?
1: Oh, yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. I think that uh, that's the point I was making is that, you know, when you feel vulnerable, whether by an illness, no matter what age, or whether you feel vulnerable because you are quite older like a person who's you know once you get into your 70s or 80s you you are thinking about that much more than you used to so i i think right. yeah we're all we're aware of our mortality um and some people it depends on you know your way of looking at it i every day is a blessing for a lot of people and you know other people um it's hard for them to to deal with this, especially if they don't have enough support. I think that people, when they have friends and support and a network, and that's what everything we try to do in in the field of aging is to encourage that kind of community support for people, um, I think that always makes it better, you know, no matter what your situation is. You just don't want to be alone. Um, And so, um, you know, I I think younger people, fortunately, are concerned about their there are grandparents and older relatives, and that's a good thing, too. And um, I know that when I was younger, I used to feel so distraught when one of the older family members died, you know. And, and I think as you get older, you realize you accept it because you've seen a lot of your relatives pass away, and you know it's a part of life.
0: Right. So in our closing moments, Mike, for everybody listening to this who is a senior who might want to take advantage of the services that your organization provides? Give us the information again and how they could do so. Well, for
1: community caregivers, they can call our number at five one eight four five six two eight nine eight, and they can um, leave a message if they don't, uh, if no one answers. But those phones will be will be answered, or the messages will be heard. And uh, they can ask for help. But I would also urge people to call, you know, the the Albany County Department for the Aging, uh, the towns of Bethlehem and Gilderland and some of the cities, smaller cities around here, also have aging departments. So every community, you know, has them. Uh, uh, and I would be in touch with those agencies, and and also, you know, Catholic Charities, Jewish Family Services. We're very lucky to have so many different organizations helping older people in our community. So. Uh, be in touch with all of them if wherever you live.
0: Thanks Mike. Um so uh give yourself a little plug Mike. You you have a uh, Facebook page. Uh yes, yeah, Civic
1: Age is um in addition to my own personal page, I have I guess you not know, on Facebook you can have you can run some other pages um mm-hmm. for special interests. So we have this page on aging called Civic Age. And you can you can search for that page and then like it, and then you'll get what I put up there, which I try to put up some news stories um, about everything going on, like what we just talked about, and, and other more pleasant mm-hmm. things, like I've put up there how some young people in New York City organized all of their friends to go deliver food for seniors. I mean, there's a lot of great things that are happening, despite the the, the, the difficulties.
0: Terrific. So you've been listening to Mike Burgess, who name your, uh, your organization again is called Community Caregivers. So if you like this, and I'm Cynthia Pooler, this is Focus on Albany. And if you like this show, like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Mike, as this this um, crisis evolves, I hope to have you back on and maybe uh, talk about the older population and how they're coping with this. So thanks, Mike, and thank you, everybody, for listening. Have a great day.
1: Thank you.